What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X92.9's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. For House of Cars. It's Monday, February 28th, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Welcome to the Piss Cast. Welcome to it. Now, if you like some of our recurring segments, you're going to like today's Piss Cast because... We got something. There are a few. There's no. a Snobs. There's an Etymology. There's a Terry of the Month. There is a Eulogy. There is a Make It Sexy, which we haven't done forever. It's been ages. And a few people have complained to us, actually. What happened to Make It Sexy? Well, it's back today. It's back. Also, uh, we got some really good feedback from the conversation we had with David Marples last week. He is the professor from the University of Alberta who is a real expert on Ukraine and Russia. Yes. Um, and I found that conversation very enlightening. Me too. And my, I was talking to my mom, and she said, was there more to that to that interview than what you played and actually there's quite a bit more yep we have to you know shorten it and paraphrase and pare it down to get it on the air and uh david is uh, an amazing speaker but he speaks very concisely and because of that he pauses quite a bit uh so right now i'm just in the process of trying to get out some pauses from the interview just you can tell he's very careful with what he says which is why so. he's so intelligent but uh just for your sake it I'll take out a couple of those pauses there. Yeah. yeah, we're going to put that on the end of the podcast today, so you'll have heard part of our conversation with David. Yes. Um, but this is the more In the depth. more raw, I guess, version yeah. of that audio. So if you are interested, it's there. If not, then you can stop listening when you hear it. Yeah. Oh, and I should also mention that uh, this eulogy that we're doing right off the bat here, we, we filmed a video for it as well. We did. And if you want to share that, it's across our social media channels. First... Your out of context clip of the show. That guy was cruising for a bruiser. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. The mask mandate ends tomorrow. It sure does, Shauna. Very exciting. Along with several other restrictions, but mm-hmm. I know, uh, for many people, masks will be the big one. I think especially people who have to wear them all day. Yeah. Although I'm sure there are still some businesses that are going to require yep. their employees to wear them. And, Definitely. you know, we've said all along, if you're not comfortable going without a mask, then continue to wear it. For sure. And don't don't harass anybody who is no. going to continue to wear theirs. It really doesn't affect you. Absolutely. So. But of course, with the you know ending of masks, there's something that we need to do, Beckler. We need to eulogize. We need to. Can you say a few words, Shauna, about yeah. the end of the mask mandate mm-hmm. here? Yeah. We are gathered here today to remember masks, or more accurately, forget about masks. We've had to wear them for the past two years, the disposable masks, the cloth masks, the ones that look like turtle shells. We won't miss you. We'll never have to do the awkward forget my mask walk of shame back to our vehicles after forgetting them. No more watching people wear masks as chin straps or hang out with their schnozzes out like a big facial faucet. 
No more working out in damp masks and essentially waterboarding ourselves. No more smelling your own breath, even though perhaps that was a good thing. And for those of you who use this as an opportunity to crop dust more liberally in public, we know who you are. We still smelled it. Maskless to maskless, face to face. Beckler, do you have a musical tribute for us? I do. Well, I mean, I for one am very much looking forward to Raw Dog in the air again. Bit of the old unprotected breathing, uh, bareback lungs as we call it, and uh, seeing your schmutz again. So, in that, that in mind. I can breathe clearly now, the mask is gone. I can get all the viruses in my face. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was at the Flames game on Saturday nights. Yeah. Great game, big win. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hadn't been to a game for a few years, but uh, three strange things happened to, to me and my friend I was there with. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, first, we went for a beer at this one bar. And uh, my friend bought the beers, and then as we were walking away, he's like, that was $47 for two beer. What? He's like, that's not right. No. I was like, no, that does not sound right at all. He's like, I was like, did you accidentally tip the guy like 20-some dollars? He's like, no, I put $2 in for a tip. I'm like, that's weird. And he's like, and you know what? I recognize that bartender. He's cut me off before. I was like, what's going on here? Okay. So we sat there through the second period, like thinking about this, and he was like looking at his bank statement. But of course, it doesn't. It just shows the charge. It doesn't yeah. break down what he bought. And he's like, I think I'm going to have to go like talk to a bar manager after this and see what the hell happened. Yeah. So anyway, we went down there, and it was really lined up. So he's like, Okay, I'll I'll do that later. Went to a different bar, and the bartender at that bar says to me, because I was buying the beers this time, he says, Are you a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan? And I said, Yeah. And he's like, I think I served you at McMahon this summer. And I was like, how would you remember that? Dear like, how many God. faces do you see through the no course of kidding. a football and hockey season? And you recognize me? That's crazy. Very weird. So yeah. we got talking a bit. And then we're standing there chatting with some friends. And the first bartender appears behind us from the other bar holding one of each of the beers that we ordered. And he said, so th there was some mistake with our system. And he's like, it's, it happens sometimes. The screen gets sticky and it'll overcharge people. Mm. So he's like, here, we wanted to give you these because you paid for them. Yeah. And then he left. And we're like, one of the guys we were with is like, how did he find you? Yeah, that's how did he know where you were in the dome? And then my buddy was also like, well, it was nice that he brought us the beers, but what if we didn't want those beers? You know, yeah. he's like, what if I was driving tonight and I was only having one? So he's like, this is just very strange. That is weird. So then we'd go to the bathroom and I have a wooden wedding ring. Mm-hmm. And I always have to take it off to wash my hands, which sucks because I can't get it wet. But sometimes I will leave it on the counter at a bathroom or whatever. So I realized I wasn't wearing my wedding ring. And I went back to the bar, the, the bathroom, and I was looking around like, oh, man, did I lose this? And we were asking a security guard, where do you go for the lost and found? And then another security guard, as we're walking in, is like, I overheard you lost a wedding ring. Is it this one? And he holds it up. And it was my wedding ring. And we're like... What the hell is happening? <laughs> what is happening at this game? This is weird. The bartenders know us. They know where we are. They have our, they have our lost belongings. What? Like, that is weird. There's some <laughs> otherworldly people working there what now. What the heck? Are, are they ghost employees? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> and then I got a message on Instagram from the guy who runs the Jumbotron. Yeah. And it was a close-up photo of me and my friend sitting there. He's like, this you? Oh, that's... I was like, that is indeed me. Mm. 
It was an eventful night. Have they like been just, you know, with that little stretch of not being able to work, everyone's just rearing to go now. <laughs> By the looks of it. Oh, eh? yeah. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So a lot of offices are now reopening with the lifting of restrictions mm-hmm. and either have reopened or they're planning to in the next couple of weeks. Ours is actually. I'm so. excited for that, too. Me it's too. felt so quiet around here oh, and it kind yeah. of like. They kind of like feed off the bustle of it, it you know. Feels so like ghost. Although I guess I mean our office is kind of separated, so we don't see everybody upstairs that often anyway. But still, it's just been it's been dead. Yeah, it's eerie. Yeah, I have a lot of friends though who are kind of mixed about the whole thing because a lot of people I think have gotten used to the whole being able to work yep. from home thing. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that worked really well for many people. A lot of people, and uh, so now they're not overly excited. And I was thinking that you and I can help with that. Oh, can we ever? Can this, we? Okay, this is funny because I've had two messages from friends of the show recently who said, whatever happened to make it sexy? You guys haven't made anything sexy in, in forever. It's true. It's we been a long time. It's been a long time. And it's not intentional. It's just there hasn't been a whole lot to make sexy, I guess. We're I don't know. We're in sexy times, are we're, we? We're not. No. This, so, though. Here we are. This is great. Oh, yeah. Ooh. You'll notice our new hot desks. Feel free to move around and do a bit of swapping. Let me see your shared spaces. Ooh. I hope you're flexible with your schedule and in other ways. Oh, yes. Take it off, this. Take it all off, this. <laughs> so dumb. I love it. This one's pretty bad if you think about it. We can ease you in using the digital workspace, at least until you loosen up. Just bang it a little harder. Get stuck sometimes in the vending machine, of course. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was listening to this podcast with Mark Morris, who, of course, if you don't know, he's a big snowboarder, Mm -hmm. Canadian. Uh, But he was talking about how he was the Grand Marshal for the Calgary Stampede, which I totally forgot about. Oh, for the parade, yes. For the parade. I forgot about that, too. What year was that? That was 2018. Okay. So he was the uh, st- like the Grand Marshal, the the Stampede Marshal, which is really cool. But he was talking about the whole experience, and he said it's unbelievably first class. And hearing him speak about it, I was I wasn't quite aware of that. But he's a guy who I mean, he flies around in private planes. <laughs> he's got a ton of money. He's sponsored by like Visa, isn't he? Honestly, like he, so yeah, he would he would be treated quite well everywhere he goes. That's so. it. And he was saying no. He was like it was crazy. It was next level. And I guess they allowed him to bring basically his entire crew. So really? they let all of them go. And I did, I remember seeing a couple photos and stuff and just the stuff they provided him, the, the room he was in and all the goodies that came with it. And I was like, that's kind of cool that we treat people that well. That for, is really cool. For doing that. That's yeah. a, it's a big honor. And then he got, I got thinking about it and I was like, you know, that's a pretty big honor for Canada as a whole. Like mm-hmm. if you're a Canadian, you get invited to be the Calgary Stampede Parade Marshal. That is huge. Yep. Yeah, who, for sure. Who would you nominate for this year? I was thinking about that. Can I I think on that for a moment? Yeah, you can. Uh, I have a few different options that I was thinking about. Like, music-wise, I thought, I mean, it would be kind of cool to see the Arkells. Oh, yeah. They would be really sweet, especially because... We would like that. ...what they've done for, you know, Canada and and Mm -hmm. music as a whole in this country. That would be kind of cool. Ryan Reynolds would be another (laughs) that I would like to elect, please, as a Canadian actor. Um, And then, of course, I got thinking, and I was like, well... You could go the the route of like Dr. Teresa Tam or yeah. I was gonna say I think my suggestion would be like a random ICU worker. Yeah, you know, take like take all the ICU nurses and doctors and respiratory therapists and stuff and put their names in a hat and draw like a few of them. I was gonna say to represent 
the hole. What I could see happening is having a group of nurses or something yeah, walk yeah. in uh, this year. Like, I wonder if even, yeah, that like you'd have a, a basically a float of nurses that came <laughs> whole, down the, yeah. the parade. You know, I could see that being the, the choice, which would be awesome. Yeah, I think so. It didn't make sense coming out of, you know, what the yeah. last two years have looked like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not a bad option. No. Yeah, that might be the best option. Can't, after that, you can't go back to Ryan Reynolds, okay? <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I'd like to nominate a Terry of the Month if I could. Please, yes. Uh, Last one of the month. Yeah, of course. Uh, this is actually a collection of Terry's. Okay. Uh, I, I was in Edmonton on Saturday night, so needless to say. You're in Terry country, I'm brother. in Terry country. <laughs> uh, I was walking home, and I was downtown Edmonton near the, the new arena, and it was around 11 at night or so, and I passed five different piles of puke along my way and I wasn't going very far and this wasn't the same person that this came from I don't want to get graphic here but it was clearly different people who had puked along the way as I was getting back home there was differences there was differences in the consistency and everything else and I mean I didn't want to study it but it was quite obvious at the time and I was just thinking about this and I was like what what is going on here so the Terry's of Edmonton had a time on Saturday night, and the team wasn't even in town. So there was an away game. Now, they did win, so obviously Terry's were all watching, and they all had a, I don't know, a few too many drinks and couldn't handle their liquor. <laughs> Went puking. Like, is this is this what's happened with the pandemic? Is, like, Terry not able to handle his liquor anymore, and he's just a, he's going out and tossing his cookies along the way? Like, Pretty what's wild, going on hey? here? <laughs> Normally you don't, and I've I've been to Vegas. Like I see, and I've seen, I've never seen that many different piles of puke just along the way in such a short amount of time. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Not since I fired the maintenance staff in Roller Coaster Tycoon, for sure. <laughs> what did what did Terry get up to? This is what I'm just. What, I'm like, you're just <laughs> struggling to keep your liquor liquor down these days, Terry. You're you're unseasoned now. Terry, tell your old lady you're going out. And the boys together, we're going puking. That wasn't. <laughs> Like Edmonton, city of champions and chunks, you know? The city the city of chunkians. Like B and S in twenty minutes or less. You love your car. Bet you'd love lower interest and lower payments too. Refinance your auto loan with House of Cars and love the freedom of having more money in your pocket. Visit houseofcarscalgary.com. The BNS and twenty minutes or less podcast. Did you follow much of the, the coverage of the war in Ukraine? this weekend, Shauna? Here and there. I took a bit of a break from social media because it yeah. was becoming a bit exhausting and I needed a bit of reset. But I get that. I get that. What I found most interesting is how like how Ukraine is being perceived around the world. Like there seems to be an incredible amount of fight in those people. Yeah. Like the like the videos and images that are coming down the pipe through my feeds and stuff. It's, yeah. It's really something. It's insane. And they it, a lot of it seems to be kind of rallying around president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, because mm-hmm. um, he, you know, he refused offers to be extracted from the region. And instead, he, he said, I don't need a ride. I need I need ammunition. Right. And he yeah. donned military fatigues. And I was trying to find out, like, how close to the action he actually is, because mm-hmm. he said on Friday, this could be the last day that you see me alive. Which is and I, I was seeing I was seeing the same thing in all of this chat about him and it, it made him look so impressive and as you said the ukrainian people look in, in incredibly um impressive and it's so tough to know how much of that is well i know like it's, it's just so far away i'm like is this just being perceived this way is this really how it is like, i know like these beautiful photos of him like yeah. all geared up ready to fight and he's looking defiant and i'm like it's a it's it's a very effective piece of propaganda. Yeah. And I use that term. I know it's taken on a real negative connotation, but in the true sense of that word, as meant to like rally the people of Ukraine yep. behind him. Mm-hmm. 
and it seems to be working. Yep. And citizens are going to be more willing to stand and fight if they see the leader of their country doing the same thing. Yeah. Rather than, you know, hiding in a bunker or fleeing the country or Mm -hmm. um, probably couldn't be said about every world leader. I don't think so. Every world leader would would stand and fight. No. Well, I mean, we know we know Trump wouldn't have. He had had bone spurs that got him out of that. It's true. Yeah. Biden might might not know where he is, but he might stand and fight. Yeah. Trudeau. Hmm. He probably has a costume for the occasion, but would, sure. he, would he be right in there, right in the thick I of mean, it? I mean, he would have the military fatigues ready to go in, in costume closet. form. <laughs> BNS in 20 minutes or less. I saw this photo of a restaurant yesterday, and it's from the Netherlands, and they had this little cooler on the bar with micro doses of magic mushrooms. Oh, really? And so you could actually order some micro doses mm-hmm. of magic mushrooms at this bar, I guess, along with, you know, your booze or whatever else, but you could actually get that there. I didn't realize it was legal there, but I guess it is. I didn't either. And no, it wasn't like Canada is looking into we are. legalizing it for medicinal purposes, right? Yes. Yeah. And I was reading a little bit into it and I guess it's, it's great for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I was kind of shocked to see that. And I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if down the line we'll see that <laughs> here too. Just I mean, eventually. Yeah. It's supposed to be good for, I mean, not only medicinal purposes, but also like creativity and that kind of thing. And again, it's microdosing, So it's supposed to be uh, little enough that you're not actually getting high off them mm-hmm. per se. It's just supposed to help with different things. And I was like, wow, I'm actually shocked. Like, are we going to get to a point where you're going to be able to sell weed at a bar? Do you think? Hmm. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, you can't smoke inside. No, you can't. So that's a big hurdle. Yes. It would have to be like an edible or an oil or something. Yeah. Um, but I think there's also the issue that like they can't be sold in the same place as right. booze. Yeah. And if you're a bar and you have a table full of people, you could sell them one joint to pass around. Yes. Or you can sell each of them two or more drinks, like which is the more profitable avenue for you. Definitely. Which are you going to pick? But I was curious if that law would eventually lift too, where you, you know, the whole not being able to sell it in one place thing. That's a good question. I mean, I've read some pretty strong arguments as to why we didn't just do that initially. Mm. Like, like sell it through liquor stores because you already had like the infrastructure in place right instead of building all these yeah shops right and i mean if you've ever been in a in a cannabis shop it's a lot of wasted space yep isn't it like it's not a very large product no some of them are efficient by having a fairly small space which makes a hell of a lot more sense because the other ones are like i big showroom for like yeah the tiny, the tiny little like you're just like what do you is this why? Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's what the stores were that were already pre-existing that these that's places right. moved into. So but. I don't know. Maybe like maybe our attitudes will relax toward that down the road. Yeah, but and then even microdosing of mushrooms. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility right now. I never thought I would live to see. Like cannabis totally legalized, exactly. and here we are. So. I know. This could be the next thing. VNS in 20 minutes or less. We got a message from friend of the show, Fred, about how uh, his friend, he's a bit of a social media snob, he said. Mm. So this guy, he works in IT, and he won't go anywhere near Facebook due to what he says is the lack of privacy, lack of security. Interesting. But then he also uses Instagram, which is owned by the same company. Okay, that's weird. Um, I don't think we've done inconsistencies there. Have we done social media snobs? I don't think we have. I don't think so either. I mean, I'm probably a bit of a social media snob myself. I think everybody is. Everybody has their preference on platforms, right? And yeah. And I have a very volatile relationship with social media where I'll be like hard on it and then I hate it and don't want to go anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I think Twitter is the devil, but yes. then I spend lots of time on 
Instagram and TikTok. So am I any better? No. No. I think we're all kind of in that same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We all have a bit of social media snobbery to us, don't Mm -hmm. we? Yeah. Oh, you're on Facebook? You and my great aunt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, people on Twitter are so self-centered and bitter. I only use Instagram. (laughs) Well, I thought about using TikTok, but then I remembered I'm not a 14-year-old girl filming myself dance. (laughs) (laughs) I dabbled on Snapchat for a while, but was being bombarded by pictures of giant dongs, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, I don't use any social media at all. Only email messaging forums in the comments section on news articles. <laughs> well, I refuse to go near cell towers as I can't handle that filthy social air scum. I wear aluminum foil as extra protection. DNS in 20 minutes or less. I got a message from a friend of the show, Adam, and it was uh, it was actually a video, and he it looked like he was driving somewhere on the mountains, and he said he was listening to these old Sherlock Holmes radio plays. Oh, nice. From the 1940s, and he said they had such good old-timey radio voices. Oh, yeah. So here's a clip. I don't know how well you can hear this, but... You know, I, I came across quite an interesting case myself the other day. Oh, don't say well. Right in my own house. Interesting, what kind of case? Sherry. <laughs> That's right, a case of Petri California Sherry. You see, I buy it by the case, Doctor, because that Petri wine is really extraordinary. But all Petri wine is unusual wine. Quite a voice, eh? That is, oh, I yeah. buy it by the case, Doctor. <laughs> what? Why did everyone talk like that on I the don't radio know. back then? We went to a song hall tonight. <laughs> I'm not a real whistling Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. I don't know. It's such a funny accent that everybody had. It was radio had its own accent yeah. for a while, hey? Radio. Wow. And I guess I mean a lot of the old films people talk like that too. I see. That's it. They kind of talk like this. Holy <laughs> Mackinac, that's right. Yeah, like it's you do it really well. Something about it. You could be an old timey actress. I think. That guy was cruising for a bruiser. <laughs> So, so I gave him a knuckle sandwich. See? VNS yeah. <laughs> in 20 minutes or less. Etymology with Shauna. Got a message over the weekend from friend of the show, Patrick, and he was asking about the etymology of the term, how do you like them apples? That's a weird one. That is a super That's a weird, weird one. Where does it come from, Shauna? So uh, I guess it originated during the First World War. So when the Allies' anti-tank grenade was called a toffee apple, and it was because it's it's this bulb-like appearance. It looks like kind of an apple. It's okay. this round thing at the top. And so because of that, they they call them toffee apples, and that's where this came from. If you look up toffee apple grenade, you'll actually find a photo of it. And it's this ball thing. It's like nine inches in diameter, weighs 40 pounds, and it does look kind of apple-like. But Sorry, what am I searching again? Uh, if you just do toffee. toffee apple grenade. Toffee apple grenade. Okay, cool. Let's and see. you'll find it there. It's like this stick, and it looks kind oh, of... Oh, yeah, yeah, there it is. Like a stick, but yeah. a toffee I've apple. I've seen those. Yeah, there you go. Um, but it's because, yeah, this was what they would say, essentially. As they threw them? As they taunted the enemy. That's pretty good. It's insane. That's pretty good. I thought it was newer than that for some reason. When I heard that, it just sounds like a newer phrase. So I thought it would just be from like some pop culture reference. And then when I was reading into it, I was like, oh, wow, nope, that is. Oh, I definitely thought it was older. I, yeah. I, could, I could hear it. We were just talking about I old suppose, timey yeah. radio voice. And, I like them. I like yeah. Apples, you're right. Eh? You're right. Yeah. When you say it like that, you're <laughs> totally. But yeah, that's what it comes from. It's a, it's a two inch medium mortar is the, uh, what it actually is. But yeah, toffee apple or yeah. plum pudding mortar. Plum pudding mortar is the yeah. other slang for it too. But uh, yeah, it's uh a little more dark than you think when no you say kidding. that. First World War, yelling that as you throw it at a tank. I like them apples. Oh. Etymology with.
with Shauna. VNS in 20 minutes or less. David, in the simplest terms, can you explain to us what has happened here and why? Why has Russia moved into, into Ukraine? In the simplest terms, Vladimir Putin maintains that Ukraine has been taken over by a far-right government uh, back in 2014 after the demonstrations in Kiev. At that time, Ukraine removed its president, uh, Viktor Yanukovych, who fled to Russia and had elections, uh, early elections, and installed a new president, uh, Petro Poroshenko. And at the same time, in 2014, Russia annexed Crimea and started a war in the eastern regions of the Donbass. Uh, that's the main industrial region of eastern Ukraine, best known for coal mining and iron and steel. Is there since any... Then, oh, I'm sorry, carry on. Yeah, I was going to say, since then, two new governments, so-called governments, have formed in those breakaway regions of the east, called the Donetsk People's Republic and the Luhansk People's Republic. And no one really recognized them as independent. It seemed quite farcical. But more recently, although the war's been continuing uh, for the past eight years in a kind of attrition way, Putin then suddenly recognized these states as um, independent and claimed that Ukraine had started a genocidal war against them. I have to say there's no evidence that this is correct whatsoever. Uh, these are more or less like gangster-style regimes uh, run by by armed forces for the most part. But Putin has now obviously got this into his head, or at least propagating this line that they're they're under attack from Ukraine. Um, that's the official reason. Uh, personally, I think that Putin has never accepted Ukrainian independence, and he would like Ukraine to be part of Russian structures. Um, not part of NATO, not part of the European Union, and to have a government in place in Ukraine that is pro-Russian and in line with Russian, the way Russia sees the world. So all that being said, you know, this has been a growing thing for so long. Why invade now? Yeah, that's the, that's the big question. And I think there are one or two possible reasons. I think one is United States as a major world power seems weaker than in the past, mm. and has shown this by the way it pulled troops out of Syria, leaving it to the Russians, more or less, and then more recently pulling forces out of Afghanistan, and now a new American president, or a relatively new American president, who's yet really to be tested in the foreign sphere. So I think that's one reason why Putin was thinking about moving now. Another reason is I think it's quite clear that Ukraine's president, new president, elected in 2019, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky is not going to go in Russia's direction as they hoped. He is actually following the same policy toward Europe and towards NATO. He's been a big disappointment to them. He's shut down Russian media in Ukraine. He's arrested the chief pro-Russian uh, oligarch and parliamentary figure in Ukraine, uh, Viktor Medvedchuk, who's a close friend of Putin. And so, all in all, um, Putin is very upset with Zelensky as president as well. It, it, so that's the only thing I can think. And then they put forward these demands to the West uh, and to NATO to bar Ukraine from ever entering NATO. And 
withdraw membership from the states that joined after 1997, which would include Poland, it would include the Baltic states, and then all the others, Romania and others that have joined since. Um, none of this was ever likely to be accepted. So it seemed to me an impossible demand, making possible demands on NATO and the West. When they're turned down, then you've got an excuse to move troops in and change the situation. Is there anything else that Putin stands to gain by this move? Because it seems like an incredible risk to take if, you know, if other Western powers do join the conflict. I mean, even just the well, sanctions think, that they've been hit with, like it's, it seems like the risk to reward here isn't, isn't very balanced. Yeah, but before, before, before the war started, uh, Putin made a deal with China whereby China would take Russian oil and gas if it was cut off from Europe, if, if the Europeans refused to import any more Russian oil and gas and um, postpone the pipeline from Russia to Germany, which they, which they have done. So in this way, Putin is fairly secure. I mean, possibly if they, sh they cut off uh, the SWIFT banking account, it would hit Russia pretty hard. But there seem doesn't seem to be a consensus on that in Europe and um, in the United States as to whether that's the best thing to do. So I think right now uh, Russia is okay. Um, as we know, oil prices are sky high. Gas prices are very high. These are what Russia needs for its economy to run properly. And so, so far, there's no immediate pressure, I think, on Russia. Sanctions will not have a big impact at the moment. They might have a long-term impact. So I think what would... I agree that it's a risky thing to do because it could end up in a messy long-term war. Russia would be cut off from trade with Europe, which has been very profitable in the past. Um, there may be internal problems as well. Uh, Ukraine is seen as a neighboring fraternal state by many Russians, and they don't see particularly a reason to be at war with Ukraine. So I think there are risks, and I think in the long term it will be seen to be a, a, a big mistake on the part of Putin, and almost every war that Russia's gotten involved in has backfired one way or another since since the Second World War. What what does this mean for Canada, then? You know, what are we going to see happening? Well, we're a member of NATO, so that means it's incumbent, I think, to bolster the forces in the NATO countries in the neighborhood, that is the three Baltic states and Poland, which we've already been doing, to provide... Um, aid in various ways to Ukraine, and I would imagine now to consider not only uh, sending funds to Ukraine, but also taking in potential refugees from Ukraine, because there could be um, a few million refugees by the time that this is done. Uh, already we're seeing mass exodus from the major cities of Ukraine, and I believe that in Poland already there have been quite a few Ukrainians fleeing from this war as well as in Slovakia. But there's a, lot of, um, well, there's a lot of history between Ukraine and Canada in terms of immigration. And we have, in Alberta especially, a very large Ukrainian population, although it's immigrated at different times in history. I think the oldest is about sixth or seventh generation now. But we certainly have kept contacts with Ukraine, and many people here have relatives in Ukraine. And I think that there is a lot of concern. That's obvious from what from what was happening at the legislature here in Edmonton last night. And I believe Calgary also had a, a major 
demonstration of Ukrainian Canadians. A moment ago, David, you mentioned China or Russia's deal with China to supply oil to them. Do you think there's some merit to the claims that we're hearing now that this is the time to separate ourselves in the West from our reliance on Russian oil? I think our premier himself uh, made a similar comment. Do you think that, do you see that as an opportunity right now? Well, it's, it's okay for us, but it's, it's very difficult for the Europeans because they, I mean, they have the proximity for one thing and they already have the pipelines in place. And I'll give an example of uh, a few years ago, not too long ago, but a few years ago, uh, Belarusian president Alexander Lukashenko got into a dispute with Putin and Putin cut off the oil supplies to Belarus and Belarus then went to uh, Venezuela and asked Venezuela to supply oil to Belarus, if you can imagine that. Well, the, you know, the tankers had to go across the Atlantic Ocean. They ended up in Lithuania at Klaipeda and then the oil had to be transported to Belarus. And it was actually hopeless. I mean, it was on a long term basis, perhaps slightly helpful, but there was no way in the long term that Belarus could rely on oil from Venezuela as a secure prospect. And I think it would be the same if we cut off Russian oil and gas in the long term. Uh, I don't think the Europeans would want to do that. I think the simplest solution is a new government in Russia. I mean, I think as long as Vladimir Putin is, is still there, I think you're going to have this kind of instability. And I think he's taken a step now that is, is simply too far, and it's going to be too far for most Russians. That was going to be my next question. What would the people of Russia think about this right now? What information would they even be receiving? I've been reading the Russian media this morning, and the line is that Russia's entered Ukraine to get rid of the Nazi government, pro-Nazi government, which is responsible for atrocities in the Donbass. And they feel now that the population is being told that this is why the, why the Russians have gone in. And they expect Ukraine to be demilitarized and a new government in place before the war is over. And this is happening now, of course. Russian forces are already converging on Kiev. And the goal will be to replace the government, I'm pretty sure, as quickly as possible. So, you, I, sorry. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Well, I think now um, the question will be how quickly this war is over. Russia doesn't have any independent media. Um, there's maybe one radio station that I can think of that's independent. One newspaper that's operated under duress for some time now called uh, Novaya Gazeta, or new newspaper. So the citizens, for the most part, are getting this one-sided propaganda about Ukraine. And this is why Zelensky, when he went on Ukrainian television yesterday, made an appeal to Russians and said, the Ukraine that you read in your media is not real Ukraine. The real Ukraine is democratic and free. And we'd like you to know that and don't believe what you're hearing in the media. But it's such a barrage uh, from social media as well. that It's virtually impossible to, to see other opinions, American, North American, say European or whatever. They're only getting one view of events. And this is an extremely distorted view. And because of this, do you think that the majority of, of Russians would be in favor of this invasion then? I suspect so. I mean, without having an opinion poll, I don't know of exactly. Course, yeah. And yet in, in St. Petersburg, which is one of the more enlightened cities of, of Russia, there were mass demonstrations over the past two days against the invasion of Ukraine. So I think there are some Russians, at least, who look at this more rationally. But I would say the average Russian would feel that this war is, is a justified one. But the longer it goes on, the more questions will be raised. And I think it's a question now of how long Ukraine 
can resist. I mean, they don't have the weaponry that Russia's got, but they have the will to resist. And I think the, the population is pretty unified uh, in resisting Russia. Well, leave it at that. David Marple is a historian and distinguished professor at the University of Alberta. We appreciate your expertise this morning. You're very welcome. Yeah, nice to chat with you. You've been listening to the Beyond S in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. For House of Cars. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.